Welcome to Wednesday on the Piero Pelka Podcast. Mike here, and uh, happy debate day. Everybody ready for the debate, or are you going to be watching the Tucker Carlson interview with Donald Trump? Both are happening at 9 p.m. Eastern tonight. It's uh, just about noon right now as I'm recording the podcast. So we have uh, under, under nine hours until we have to make a decision. I'm going to have both up on screens and flipping back and forth. I'll probably be watching the Tucker Carlson interview more than dipping in and out of the debate because I think the debate's going to be pretty boring without Mr. Trump. You make your own decision. If you want, if it's before the debate time, you can go to Twitter and find my Twitter account and you're allowed to participate in the uh, poll that I have going on very, very, very early in the poll. And uh, it, it looks like a lot of people are doing either nothing or watching something else. It was uh, half, half of the people who responded early who said they weren't even going to be tuning in. But I bet it ultimately ends up being a win for Tucker. We shall see. And we will come back tomorrow with a more in-depth post about it, a more in-depth breakdown on it, because we have to. Of course, that's what we're supposed to do. And uh, for those of you who are up early and might want to listen in the Fort Myers area, or you can listen online, I'm going to be with Drew Steele at 6 a.m. and then again at 8.30 a.m. And we'll be doing it live, talking about everything we can, breaking it down, pointing out what we saw or what we thought was beneficial. So you can join us. And how do you join us? Simple. You go to writeallalong.net. Writeallalong.net. And it streams live. So uh, join us tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. to 6.30. I'll be there with Drew. And then 8.30 to just about 9 a.m. It's a good time. I am also uh, getting news that I'm going to be doing a Saturday night show this week. I thought it had been booted by college football. But no, I'm live and local in Philadelphia on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT at 7 p.m. Eastern. 7 p.m. Eastern. So join us. And then all next week, I'll be uh, doing the morning show for Nick Hale on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. So you, you're welcome to step in and join the event. So many things to get to today. Yeah, we'll talk about the debate a little bit. Can't really say too much other than I'm wondering if Doug Burgum is going to show up. He apparently um, hurt himself in a pickup basketball game with his staff yesterday. Had to go to the hospital. Not a good sign. Not a good look. Vivek Ramiswamy's out there playing three hours of tennis, shirtless. Then he's doing push-ups and, and lifting weights with his wife in the gym. And you're, you're pulling a hammy or something and needing to be taken to the hospital before the debate. Will he even be in the debate tonight? Other stuff we're watching, um, the left side of the mainstream media seems to be absolutely fascinated with showing us outside of the courthouse in Fulton County, Georgia, because the parade of indicted people is ongoing. And tomorrow's really the only one that matters. Donald Trump will turn himself in. Will he have a mugshot taken? I know there are uh, gambling houses around the world who are betting on Donald Trump's weight. Really? This, this is what passes 
for entertainment in wherever you're from. I think it's the British have their gambling houses and they're they're allowing you to bet on what Donald Trump's weight will be when he steps on the scale at the indictment. I didn't know they weighed you. I guess they have to for the file. They list your height and weight and eye color and all that stuff. Uh, Meanwhile, the corruption probe into the Bidens appears to be gaining some momentum. I know Kevin McCarthy has said if we don't get cooperation from the DOJ on the House investigations that you can expect, easily expect, some kind of impeachment action, both against uh, people in the DOJ and the president himself. Uh, Catherine Herridge over at CBS News, who's probably the only actual journalist still left at CBS News. Catherine Herridge is uh, addressing the allegations of political interference into the Biden corruption probe. And I thought this was pretty darn interesting. But I can say from covering these whistleblowers really from the beginning is that we've yet to really see documentary evidence that undercuts the claims that they are making about what happened inside that probe and what they felt was a probe that should have brought more serious felony tax charges, among others, and as you know, ended with a failed plea agreement for two misdemeanor tax charges and that felony gun offense. One of the interesting things in Catherine Herridge's report is she starts to use the language that Democrats and their cohorts in the uh, mainstream media are using. They're always saying we have yet to see real documentary evidence proving a connection between Joe Biden and his son. And now Catherine Herridge has kind of flipped the script and said back to the left and and their cohorts in the left side of the mainstream media that uh, we have not seen any documentary evidence that undercuts the claims that these brave whistleblowers are making. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. Well done, lady. Really well done. Uh, a couple of other things we want to talk about. Uh, I want to get you uh, a clip from Dr. Royce and Dr. Michael Royce and I spoke earlier today. We're going to have a deeper dive with Dr. Royce later in the week. But um, I asked him a question because uh, I'm getting nervous. I'm getting nervous that we're going to have another lockdown. We're going to have more masking required. They're going to tell people we've got like three or four schools now. And uh, Lionsgate Films out in California telling people, well, you got to wear masks if you're inside and you have to prove that you're vaccinated. And so I, I reached out to Dr. Royson about this. And uh, as I said, there's a much longer, a much longer discussion about health and wellness, et cetera. But I had to ask him about what's going on with the uh, alleged COVID spike coming. Here's a snip from that. There's a whole lot of rumblings that we're about to go back into COVID times, new variant, rising cases. Doc, I'm so sick and tired of this. I thought we were done with this a year ago. Joe Biden was on 60 Minutes with Scott Pelley, and he told Scott Pelley that uh, it's over. The pandemic is over. We we fixed that. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's all of nine seconds. Here it is. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. The pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. So that was a year ago, and now I'm hearing rumblings, Dr. Royzen. Do you you see trouble on the horizon? Unfortunately, I do. There are two um, bits of data um, that we have. One is that 
um, the va- the virus has a long history, meaning um, even two years after mild cases, there are data that it is uh, causing uh, severe problems. It's causing liver problems, lung problems, inflammation, heart disease, brain fog. It comes back. Hmm. And we don't know why this is happening. Um, and it's in both vaccinated and unvaccinated people. It's in people who have had, and it's much more prominent in people who have had severe cases. So one, I see trouble. This is not a fun virus from a standpoint, get it, it's benign, get over it, you'll have immunity to it. Apparently the virus is able to live in your body even after you develop um, some forms natural immunity to it and uh, cause a significant uh, problem. The second uh, component is we know that the boosters, at least from the Cleveland Clinic data, the mRNA boosters, that is the Pfizer and Moderna, seem after the third booster, that is the fourth and fifth, we don't have data on a sixth yet, but the fourth and fifth, decrease your ability to fight the uh, virus. So one is right now, at least in my mind, until I see better data that says that's wrong, I would avoid the mRNA boosters. The Novavax, which is a traditional vaccine, um, is also has a booster and it appears effective. That is the traditional vaccines that have been developed appear to be effective and to give long-term benefits. Hmm. So my own belief is that one, um, as soon as the flu vaccine is available here, it isn't quite yet, but as soon as it is, I'm going to get it. And secondly, I'm going to look hard at the data on the Novavax. And third, I will look, because I'm over 65, I'm going to look at the RSV data, but it again is a mRNA vaccine and I, yes, it was part of Operation Warp Speed. We were able to get it much faster, but maybe it isn't as good a uh, process in vaccines. I'm going to have to look at that data pretty carefully. The mRNA vaccines, this is not to condemn them in total. They are making major breakthroughs in both prevention and treatment of cancer. And so I actually... Um, my own feeling is that we're going to have a, a um, benefit for this long term um, but in this whole process of developing vaccines, but I'm not um, happy with the mRNA COVID vaccines at this time. Okay, great information, and uh, w- there's more to come. We'll follow up this story as it happens. I. I'm, yeah, we uh, need we need more data on the Novavax vaccine as well, um, and as soon as we get it, uh, you will get it. And we will share it with you. That was Dr. Royce, and I talked to him early this morning. There is a, a deeper dive 
interview coming later this week. Isn't that interesting? That now we are learning that some of the people who told us stay away from the mRNA vaccinations were spot on. I do have a uh, vaccine regret. And um, I also feel very fortunate that I never got COVID because that story about COVID lurking inside your body is a little frightening. And also I'm, I'm concerned because I know so many people who did get COVID and do have lingering effects, some of it brain fog, some of it called long COVID, which also points to the reality that COVID was probably bioengineered by the Chinese as a weapon. I think Donald Trump was right about this. President Trump said when he was president, China should write us a check for $10 trillion, which truly is, I I think he was half joking, but he was probably 100% correct. They should, absolutely should. A couple of other stories that are floating around out there, and we're going to have Jim Stovall popping in today with a good winner's wisdom uh, segment. Always like to talk to Jim once a week. A couple other stories out there. Rudy Giuliani has has uh, checked in in Georgia. He's, of course, is uh, turning himself in. Also, big news uh, for India. India has landed an unmanned or unwomaned craft on the moon, a soft landing. Russia tried one again over the weekend. There's crashed. So now India is the fourth nation to land successfully on the moon. They landed on the South Pole. Everybody says we're going there to get... Uh, these precious metals and the minerals that are on. How are we doing that? Are we going to have robots mining the moon? Really? Just wondering. I'm amazed at that. But congratulations, India. Uh, we did it in the 60s. For any, anyone who's paying attention, we did all of this. Get to the moon, land on the moon, walk around on the moon, drive a golf ball on the moon, drive a car on the moon. We did all of that back in the 60s. So welcome to the party, pal. And the world should give us props because we showed them all how to do it. Thank you very much. Yeah, America. Been there, done that, and uh, we got all the moon rocks to prove it. And anybody who thinks we didn't go to the moon, you're nuts. I'm sorry, you're nuts. I don't think you're going to hear much today from Joe Biden because of... um, of the debates that are going on. But a lot of people are really talking about Joe Biden in Maui and the white house is pushing back saying, uh, Biden, Biden didn't fall asleep. No, he was nodding his head a little bit. Uh, I could see where they could make that argument, but we've seen him fall asleep before, but it's the insensitive remarks of Joe Biden that are really the ones that are causing problems for the white house. Uh, let's go back to him making it, about himself with the fire. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. No, you don't. You didn't lose a home. You got a new kitchen. All of this is a lie. Yes, there was a fire, but it wasn't this massive fire that almost took Jill's life and Joe's Corvette's life and the cat's life. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday. And lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home 
into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, <laughs> and my cat. See, this is just part of the ongoing pattern of lies, Joe. Remember, remember, it was like a year and a half ago, he was at that uh, electric truck plant which I'm thinking is probably one of those going out of business. And he lied about driving an 18-wheeler. I used to drive an 18-wheeler, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was oh, yeah. That's I awesome. got to. I used to drive a tractor trailer. Oh, and, awesome. Uh, and so I know a little bit about driving big trucks. No. No, he never drove an 18-wheeler. Never. He never drove an 18-wheeler. He sat in one. And even that is probably dubious. Uh, he also lied about marching in the civil rights movement a bazillion years ago, right to the people's faces. Because I'm so damn old, I was there as well. <laughs> Seems like yesterday, the first time I got arrested anyway. No, there's no proof of an arrest happening. Not there and not in South Africa, where he lied about trying to see Nelson Mandela and getting arrested. This is all lies, too. 30 years ago. Nelson Mandela walked out of prison and entered into discussions about apartheid. I had the great honor of meeting him. I had the great honor of being arrested with our UN ambassador on the streets of Soweto trying to get to see him on Robin's Island. Didn't happen. And it was Robin Island. Just, just amazing. It's absolutely amazing what the press is willing to let this guy get away with. A couple of breaking news items. Donald Trump has announced that there will be a... Uh, uh, a fundraiser for Rudy Giuliani at uh, Bedminster. Giuliani needs some help, I guess, with his legal bills. And yeah. uh, so Trump has announced a fundraiser. I think that's very cool of Mr. Trump to help Rudy Giuliani. The legal bills are going to be insane. All of the legal bills for all the 18 defendants other than Mr. Trump are going to be crazy. And that's, that's the design, just to try and squash their spirits and bankrupt them. So very cool, Mr. Trump. You know what else was cool? Uh, Sean Farish, the guy who does the great Trump impression, got to meet Donald Trump last night in Bedminster, New Jersey. Sean Farish, uh, as I've said, great Trump impression. And I thought he would have had met Donald Trump before. But no, last night was the first time it happened. All right, folks, this is something the internet's been waiting for for a long time. Let's get the phones out, okay? <laughs> Mr. Mr. Trump appears to be smiling, shakes his hand. Uh, very good, Sean Farish. Uh, not too many people get to meet a president and then mock them right to their faces. I thought that was pretty cool. Pretty darn cool. Pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Just looking around the country, a couple of crazy things I have to point out. Chicago's got a new mayor, you know. I'm Mayor Brandon. He's more of a socialist than Lori Lightfoot, if that's even possible. And uh, in his first 100 days, which ended, I guess, yesterday or the day before, just 204 homicides. So two a day, jeez, and uh, four teens were killed over the weekend. The Chicago mayor promised a bunch of school kids a pizza party when they came back to school. He showed up with frozen pizzas. That's a fail.
That's a fail. California's lost their mind. California has Democrats proposing to give unemployment benefits to people who go on strike. So you have a job and you decide that you want to force your employer to pay you more. You go on strike and now the state's going to have to pay for it. That doesn't seem fair. Just saying for all you people who are fairness addicts on the Democratic side of things. Uh, Dick's Sporting Goods, we have them here in Delaware. I do not shop there because they are anti-Second Amendment. Yeah, they are. They got rid of most of the guns they were selling. And if you go in there and you have a concealed carry permit, you have to give them your gun when you walk in and they put it in a locker and they give it to you when you leave. So I don't shop at Dick's ever. Uh, Dick Sporting Goods announced that they have a huge shoplifting problem. Gangs of shoplifters uh, are, are hurting them. Their profits are going to be down 23%. Well, you know, maybe if uh, there were people in the store, concealed carry, who were allowed to carry their firearms in the store, uh, the shoplifting gangs wouldn't be so bold. Just throwing that out there. Maybe that's something for you to consider. A couple of positive stories out of Michigan. Uh, this one happened in East Lansing, Michigan, when a farmer from East Lansing who was excluded from a public farmer's market because he was a Christian, he took it to court and the judge said, you guys can't do that. Uh, you're violating his civil liberties. So that's a good sign. And then the other sign, which is just amazing, the good story out of Michigan, was the story of the guy who was in the store. He had a six-pack of beer. This is a good guy with a gun story. A six-pack of beer and a gun, and he took on a bad guy with a box cutter. And you can see the video. It's online. I'll post a link to it as well. Uh, bad guy with a box cutter was trying to rob the store the good guy with a gun and a six-pack of beer under his arm just said, oh, no, you don't, and took the guy out. There will be no charges filed against the good Samaritan who did the right thing. Well done, sir. All right, we need a little inspiration. Let's get Jim Stovall in here. A little winner's wisdom inspiration from our friend Jim Stovall. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another podcast. And, of course, uh, my take on the debates and a deep dive from Dr. Michael Roizen, and maybe a visit from Lauren Fix, the car coach. It's been a crazy week, hasn't it? It's Mike Opelka on the Pure Opelka podcast. Our friend Jim Stovall is joining us once again. He does it almost every single week. We talk about Jim's column, his Winner's Wisdom column, but he's more than just the Winner's Wisdom column. Jim Stovall has written more than 50 books. Five of them turned into movies, and he's the guy behind the Narrative Television Network, which helps blind people enjoy movies and television. But I'm more focused on your column every week, Jim. And this week, it feels like uh, you, you've um, changed lanes on us a little bit. We usually talk about uh, individual personal life lessons. Uh, but this week, we're getting into the financial area. We're taking stock. Yeah, and it's important for us to realize, Mike, you know, money is not the most important thing in your life. It's not even close. But it, it affects all the things that are important in your life. Money is not just a bunch of dirty paper with the pictures of dead presidents. It, it, it represents a college education or health care for your grandparents 
or the dream vacation or whatever it is that matters to you and certainly being able to help causes and charities that matter and you know and I started my career as a member of New York Stock Exchange and you know I dealt with my clients with stocks and bonds and options commodities and all those sorts of things and you know and this is back in the mid 80s and uh, you know I was very young and most of my clients were at or approaching retirement age so they had either experienced or through their parents had experienced you know the stock market crash the great depression all of that sort of thing and they were very concerned about you know involving themselves in the stock market because it's risky and you know and unfortunately if you look at a, a lot of portfolio analysis the riskiest thing you can do is probably not be involved in the stock market because uh, most of the other investments are almost guaranteed to lose money in relation to inflation and there's uh, we put a, a link in this week's column to a really cool resource and you can go back any year you want the year you were born or the year you got married or whatever and see where the stock market was and the year i was born 1958 the stock market the dow jones industrial average was at 439 and uh, now the, that's not the best stocks the worst stocks that's just an average of the larger stocks it's not like we pick some big winner or loser that's just you know all the boats rise on the tide and you know the whole market was at 439 on the index uh, today it's between 34 and 35,000 so it's grown 75 fold hmm. in my lifetime and it's just difficult to find any other investment that has done that and uh, so and and i you know and people when they get close to retirement age they say well i need to get out of the market well maybe for our grandparents or great-grandparents that made some sense because uh, when social security began the average person that reached age 65 collected benefits for less than a year now you reach age 65 you got to prepare for 30 or 35 more years of uh, living in retirement. I mean, it's really changed. The, the fastest growing demographic in our country are people over 100. So, you know, nothing will keep up with what you need to do like the stock market. Yeah, it, it is astounding. And I did visit that, uh, that site, that link that you posted in the column, and I'll, I'll post it uh, in conjunction with this, this interview as well. It is really fascinating to go back and look and see what would that a little investment maybe somebody put uh maybe somebody put a few hundred bucks or a thousand bucks into the market when you were born what would that be worth now it is remarkable and it's also about something you said there about a broad approach to uh investing and not not trying to either time the market or predict where the the fast rising hottest thing will be because the overall market keeps slowly rising and rising and it takes a break every now and then mm -hmm. but generally it's always going to be better a decade from now 20 years from now or in your case and in my case 60 plus years from now and had you just been calm and paid attention to calm investing uh you would have been the beneficiary of all the power of that broad market approach Right, and the reason it scares people is, uh, you know, they talk about the results at every hour, every news break, what's the market doing, or they print it in the newspaper and stuff like that. If they did that with the value of your car, you would go nuts because, uh, you, know, it, you know, the day you drive it off the lot, it takes a big nosedive, and it never stops. And if you're making, uh, you know, long-term uh, 
you know, car payments, it, uh, you know, it's never worth what you even owe on it. And, but they don't print that in the newspaper. So, uh, people don't worry about it. And, but, uh, and same thing with the value of your house and it's, you know, the overall market, I always tell my clients, it's like a little kid walking up the stairs doing a yo-yo. The daily thing is the yo-yo. The, the, the long term is walking the, watching the kid go up the stairs. If you look at the kid, you say, wow, we're moving up. If you look at the yo-yo, it'll make you crazy. And, <laughs> you know, you just need to invest in it, trust the overall market, you know. And, and, you know, there are hardly any five-year periods where the overall market doesn't make money. You know, it, people right now, if you say, well, you need to invest in the market. Well, look at, look at 2008. Man, we had the housing bubble and all this. Banks failed and the market crashed. Yeah, it did in 2008. But by 2012, it was back in plus territory and ahead. Four years later, and you know, if you look at the long term, you're going to be great. But if you look at the yo-yo, you're going to go nuts. Yeah, don't look at the yo-yo, people. Look at the long term. Keep your eyes on the far end of the horizon. Look ahead and and not be fascinated by by what has happened previous. Learn from it. It's it's an acquired skill, though, Jim. It's patience is not something everybody gets right away. But you need to talk to people. That's one of the other things that's important here that I, I, I learned from your column this week, the Winner's Wisdom column, and taking stock is the topic. Uh, there are people out there who know a lot more about the financial world than I will ever know. And those are the people you need to rely upon because they've got institutional knowledge that can benefit you. So take advantage of that. Like we take well, you know, advantage of you. Just follow the leader, man. Yeah. Just follow the, you know, uh, you know, there's all these books out there, invest like Warren Buffett. You can be like Warren Buffett. What does Warren Buffett do? Well, uh, 11 years ago, I got tired of that, and I bought one share of Berkshire Hathaway. At the time, <laughs> $131,000. Warren doesn't believe in stock split. So $131,000, I, I hold my breath and, and buy one share. 11 years ago, just basically so I could go to his meetings and uh, get his reports and all that. 11 years later, as of yesterday, it closed at $532,000 from 131. I mean, uh, you know, in 11 years. And so I don't have to invest like Warren Buffett. I can invest in Warren Buffett and uh, just, you know, do that. And uh, But overall, you don't even have to pick winners and losers. You just... You know, you just buy the market. I don't know how hot it will be, you know, July 17th of next year, but I know it'll be hotter than it will in the wintertime. I just have to bet overall that the summer, the temperature's going up, and that's how you look at the market. Excellent. Excellent stuff. And I'm jealous that you bought uh, Berkshire Hathaway 11 years ago, 32 years ago when we were getting ready to get married. A friend of ours said, don't spend that $30,000 on a wedding. Buy three shares of Berkshire Hathaway. Guess what we didn't do, Jim? Uh, you could have bought it at ten, a thousand. Uh, it was about twelve thousand at that time. Actually. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Wow! <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, you don't want to dwell on that too no, long today. No, 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 no. I, I want to keep fixing the mistakes and just keep moving forward. Don't look at the potholes that you've already run through. Yeah. Uh, find Jim Stovall's column. You go to jimstovall.com. You can sign up there. It will show up in your inbox, in your uh, email every week, and then we hang out and talk about it. My friend, thanks so much. Every time I, I talk to you, I learn something. Thank you, my friend. 